Welcome to the 8 Billion Project, where we're on a mission to make an impact by discovering and sharing the purpose of every person on this planet. I'm your host, Lisa Florida. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 8 Billion Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Florida, and today I have a special guest, Ahmed Sarafi. Ahmed is a 20-year commercial real estate professional who currently has over $100 million in active developments in process. He's now committed to helping others in real estate and entrepreneurship to hashtag building better. Welcome, Ahmed, to the 8 Million Podcast. How are you today? Thank you, Lisa. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's so nice to finally meet you on camera. I know we were introduced by a good friend. Um, I'd like for you, you know, it always brings me so much joy to bring people on real estate here. And I haven't had any real estate guests since season two. And you actually happen to know both of those guests. But if you could please provide the audience a little bit of a background of yourself. All right. Um, Well, you got my name. My name is Ahmed. I'm born and bred and based here in Southern California. 20 years plus in the commercial real estate arena where I started off my career being recruited out of college by a, a major international commercial real estate company doing brokerage. So I spent many years doing brokerage here in Southern California, mostly office and industrial investments as well. And transitioned from there from the real estate brokerage and investment side into commercial construction as a project manager and a uh, portfolio manager for a large uh, contracting company. And then from there, I came full circle back and got into or grew the uh, investment development uh, business that I was in all along and continue to grow that to now I'm focused full-time, 90% development work, 10% investments. So have you always wanted to, out of college, have you always wanted to go into real estate? Has it been something in the family for you? Um, My father always did small real estate deals here and there. Nothing significant, pretty much one-off type opportunities here and there. Uh, I grew up in the gas station business, pumping gas my whole life. So it's pretty much gas station property to gas station property. And and I pretty much worked it and all the way through college. But in college, I was kind of trying to figure out a major, you know, I was being kind of directed to go into a business type major because of the family and my father's influence or pressure, what have you not. And I always, I figured out that finance may be a good way to go because money isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, Even with the uh, advent of uh, cryptocurrency, we still have money, we're still going to have to use it. So I had a finance major with a specialty in real estate development and from that, I was recruited out of college by a, uh, the national real estate uh, firm that I started with. Wow. So it went from finance, meaning, you know, the money's not going anywhere into real estate, which is a big component of uh, finance. So like you said, so you were recruited right out of college. And then, like you said, you did commercial. Is it commercial sales, real estate uh, sales first? Yeah, commercial brokerage sales and leasing. For, correct. Okay. And then into there, you went into commercial construction. And then it eventually led you into development. Correct. That's where I'm now. Yeah. <laughs> and you are known on Instagram or on Instagram as Ahmed the Builder. <laughs> so I see you you heavily rotate in on Clubhouse and do all of that kind of stuff. Um, and you do uh, a lot of so. Currently, are you doing any online mentorship and education? Because you did say that is a big passion of yours. 
you know, I've been getting a lot of requests to speak at events and to be a part of some online education type uh, programs and platforms. And I've really found a joy in sharing my passion of, you know, getting down and dirty, kicking rocks and playing in the dirt uh, with other people and just kind of showing them the process of the real estate development uh, side of real estate. So I really enjoy sharing that. And now if I'm able to share that and take it to the next level, yeah, I am definitely looking at uh, possibly starting some sort of online coaching or mentorship program, showing people from A to Z how to get through a real estate development, because it's not as easy as, hey, I found a piece of property. Hey, I built it. Hey, I sold it. No, there's probably about a couple hundred more other things or a couple hundred more other steps you need to take to get through that process. And if I could help somebody be successful and complete a project and, and be profitable, uh, it'd, be a, it'd be a really nice experience for me to help somebody do that. Well, let me ask you, so then do you encourage people that want to go through that process? Do they have to have a license? No, no license needed for real estate development. It's just, you know, common sense. I think it's what it is. And, and the ability to follow instructions and go through the process and check off all the boxes in order. You can't jump around. You can't skip a box. You have to check off each and every box because in real estate development, it doesn't just come down to buying a piece of property. The property itself has probably a couple dozen different boxes, even before you buy it, you know, the location, the access, the zoning, the community, the political climate, um, the surrounding competition, the surrounding environment, there's uh, the soils, the noise, the environmental, there's a million different things to take into account before you even buy that first property. And that's something I want to help expose people to and take them to the process saying, hey, just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. You know, let's go okay. through the, the motions. Let's go through the exercise to see, is that even viable to purchase? And then if it is, then we can go to the next section, which is, okay, if we buy it, can we do something with it? And what can we do with it? Yeah. No. Now, let me ask you, because, you know, I come from real estate, but I come from a different division, real estate sales. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I, lots of people have known that I, you know, we have our expertise in short sales foreclosures and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pretty much out of this market right now, just yeah. because, you know, it's, well, it's not that I'm out <laughs> of it. It's this, that the banks are not my clients. And interestingly right. enough, I was talking to Bill back in March when I did the podcast, I was like, okay, let's do a third quarter update. But since that time, what's been crazy is even the prices have skyrocketed. So yeah. even if there are people in, uh, you know, in a distressed property situation, they still have equity, which is great. And I think that's great because it's, you know, it's able to, I don't want to see what happened back in 2008 happen again, even though there are a lot of predictions and a lot of experts saying different things. So let me ask you, California has become so expensive, even from a residential commercial, I, I mean, on a development side, how, it, what do you, what would you say? Is it, would you say, is it easier to purchase a piece of land and then to build, because I've had people actually approach me, you know, and say, Oh, why don't I just buy a piece of land? I was like, do you know what it takes to not only just yeah. buy the piece of land, but to survey it and do exactly what you were talking about, which was yeah. check off all the boxes. Like what, what would you say to someone that was probably interested in, in, in doing that? Or what are your thoughts on where the market is going right now? Uh, for most people, probably not, probably not a good idea, you know, just because the amount of time and effort and the initial capital outlay you got to put into that mm -hmm. is if you want to say buy a piece of land and you want to design it and you want to get the entitlements and the 
and the permits and the plans and the contractors and the schedule and everything lined up, that's easily a two to three year process in California, just because the regulations here are so tough and things take so long to process, especially in this COVID, post-COVID, mid-COVID, whatever you want to call it, you know, the cities and counties are not processing things as fast as they used to because a lot of people are working from home. They're on reduced schedules. Right. I have right now that are 18 to 24 months behind, not because of me, but because of the process of getting them through the city right now. So if you're looking to build a house, remember this, real estate development is patient money, meaning you got to put your money in and get going and you got to be patient because it doesn't have the same kind of turnaround as flipping a home or buying and selling or investing in and, and pulling out equity or things like that. This is patient money and you got to look to especially in California, to have at least a minimum of 24 to 36 months before that project is even started construction or even built. Other states around the country, it's a lot different. You can go to Texas, you can go to Phoenix, you can go to Nashville and other, you know, major market areas and things move a lot a lot faster there just because of the, the regulatory climate. But here in California, it's a little bit longer. It's a lot more tougher. So with that being said, are you looking to take, are you looking to build outside of California? I know a lot of your, your developments are here, but is it outside of California as the, the secret sauce or the, or the, uh, where the gold mine is? The thing is my pipeline here in California is easily five years of work right now of developments. I got, you know, somewhere upwards of 500 apartment complexes and uh, units, you know, and going through the planning permitting stages, I got about five or six small commercial developments that are going through the planning permitting stages. So getting through all this kind of stuff is going to take me at least five years or so. Um, And who knows if another opportunity comes my way, because if there's an opportunity here in California that comes at me, I'll definitely go take a look at it just because the market here is so good. But I definitely have my eye on out of state for the five plus years afterwards. I got to fill up that pipeline for the next five to 10 years after I finish all the projects here. So I'm definitely looking at a state. I'm looking at Arizona. I'm looking at Texas uh, and a couple other states. I don't know how far I want to get from my home base, but I'm definitely looking at going out of state just to even diversify the portfolio. Right. Yeah. right. No kidding. How about, um, how are you looking into also like uh, commercial conversion? Cause I hear that's really big right now. Um, I don't know from a development standpoint, if you will delve into commercial conversion, I, you know, I have family that is in commercial. So I asked what the, you know, what the trends were. And she said it was more commercial conversion into more industrial, just because they're not so much, you know, a lot of the storefronts. So I don't know. And everything's changing so fast in real estate. It's, it's so interesting. There is a lot of that going on. That's more of an investment play. If you ask me, is buying an existing building and reconfiguring it to a different type of use because the building's already built. Um, you know, you're seeing some of these last mile distribution centers take over these big box retailers. Like FedEx will go take an old JCPenney's and turn it into the last mile distribution center. Well, yeah, FedEx is doing that, but how many other people, I'm, I'm sorry, Amazon is doing that, but how many other people are doing that? There's not that many. So the conversions that you see are pretty much not necessarily conversions to industrial, but conversions to more uses where it's needed by the community. So I'm seeing a lot of office buildings converted into medical office. Right. Because the the office uh, tenants can work more from home or be more more virtual. 
But for the medical business, you need to go in and see your doctors. You need to go there. I'm seeing uh, in Arizona, I saw an old Best Buy or an old big box, um, you know, retailer shut down. And then a self-storage place went in and took the space over. They just right. built a bunch of self-storage units inside the already built building. So they are converting these buildings for other uses, not necessarily industrial distribution uses, but more uses where the building is more uh, functional for a more you know, needed use right now and not necessarily retailer office, which was the old standard use. Right. So that's going to vary even from <laughs> county to county and depending on where they are. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of cities and counties don't like self storage because it doesn't bring in the tax money. Yeah, you know I mean? it all depends on what's necessary and what's the the political climate and what you can do there. A lot of cities will say, "No, we don't want Amazon taking over the J.C. Penney. We want another mall type retailer to take over the space and provide jobs and provide tax money." But is there anyone going to do that? Who knows? You know, we don't know right now because things are really changing. Yeah, no kidding. Gosh, it is really interesting. It is so many different facets of real estate. And like I told you, I went to Florida back in February to do private, you know, like private equity funds, because let's just say, for instance, like, you know, like myself, and that's the reason that I spoke to Dave Seymour was because I said, even if you have a hundred thousand now, and everyone right now is so, you know, priced out, if you have a hundred thousand, I mean, at best, you could probably get like your 20% down and then you still need closing costs and you still need all that kind of stuff. I think that a lot of people are getting so priced out of California. I mean, have you, I mean, I know you're on the development side, but what about those people that are looking to get into California, like real estate, you know, uh, to own a home, but they just are priced out of this market. Do you have any advice for people like that? Or have you been asked that? Ahmed. <laughs> you know, I haven't been asked because my skill sets are more on the, In the development side. side. Yeah. But, you know, I do understand where they're coming from. I mean, I'm, I live out here in Southern California. I'm looking to sell my home and move to a different area. And it's because I want to be closer to the beach. I want to have a different, you know, energy and lifestyle closer to uh, you know, more of a beach community down in Newport or Laguna or somewhere down there. But mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, if I sell my home now, I can get some good money for it. Yeah. You know? A lot of equity is in it right now. But I'm like, okay, if I do that, where am I going to go? And where am I going to find something somewhere comparable down there to what I have right now? Because there, the houses are easily two to three times more expensive for the same thing than where I'm living at. And people are like, okay, well, why don't you sell your house and go live in an apartment or live in a condo rent for a while until the prices come down and then you can buy something. I'm like, well, that's great. Will the prices come down? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But they're not going to come down like you think they are. And mm-hmm. two, I got a 75-pound German Shepherd. I'm not going to sleep <laughs> in an apartment all day. He's not going to like it. Right now, he has a swimming pool. He has a backyard. He has a doggy door. He's pretty comfortable. And it would kill me to you know, stick a dog in an apartment all day until I'm waiting for the prices to come down, which may or may not ever really happen. And if they do, it's not going to be that much. You know, it's, so if you're looking to buy in California, I really feel bad for people because it is tough. But, you know, it is market driven. It is market driven. You know, if you want to live here, you want to do business here, you want to work here. Unfortunately, you know, it's a it's a supply and demand equation. It may not be fair, but it is what it is at, at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's why you're in real estate development. 
Yeah. Because that will get yeah. you closer to your Newport Laguna Beach home. <laughs> yeah. Well, one day, you know, God willing, I, I'll get down there and I'll, and I'll finally have a backyard for the dog, you know, so it'll be good. Yeah, no, it is absolutely crazy because like, yeah, I come from the residential side and honestly, even from the beginning of the year to now, literally it's, it's really honestly sad because a lot of clients have been priced out of the market. And when you're going there, you have to, you know, it's different when you have your, you know, what they're approved for, then you got to take it down a notch because they have to overbid. And then, you know, and then they're, you know, they're releasing all of the contingencies. So it's, it's going to be an interesting market, but you're, you're absolutely right. It's almost like, this is the demand. We don't Mm -hmm. know if it's going to get much cheaper, but then everyone is selling to take their equity and then they're holding on, which is driving the rental market like up like crazy. And so it is, it's just really interesting. Maybe we can find another coastal, (laughs) coastal beach. Everyone is going to Florida too. That's what they say. The Gulf I mean, Coast. If I could pack up and leave and go somewhere else, you know, Miami would be one of the top, you know, destinations just because, you know, you're the same growing up here in Southern California, you kind of get used to this type of environment, this climate and things like that. Where can I go to recreate that? I'm not really in an outdoorsy guy where I'm okay up in the mountains in Denver or somewhere else and or in Phoenix in the desert climate. I need a similar climate to this. So where would I go? Where would you go? Yeah, no kidding. I that's yeah. what I was telling everyone. I was just like, I don't know if I can leave Southern California. You know, I mean, Florida is a beautiful state. And yeah. like I said, like everything, you know, like the housing there and the affordability is is a little bit better, but it's the prices are rising too. True. So yeah, it's you can't get anything better than California. <laughs> I mean, if I could operate my business from somewhere else, I would definitely look into it. But unfortunately, the type of business I'm in. Mm-hmm. I need to be, I need to be accessible. I need to be around to see what's going on. I can't operate virtually. I can't, I don't have an online store or an e-business or anything like that. I'm actually in the dirt, kicking rocks, walking job sites and making things, making sure things get built correctly. So it's not so easy doing it from, from a distance. Got it. So like, like, you know, you had mentioned before and mentioned earlier in the podcast, you do have a great presence in clubhouse. Now, do you have um, classes that you teach or groups actually that you host in there? In clubhouse, I, I am a part of a lot of other groups, uh, other real estate groups, and I come in to offer subject market or subject matter uh, advice or help but I do have my own class or my own room which I host Tuesdays at 1 p.m pacific 3 p.m central 4 p.m eastern it's called real estate development and I call it real estate development 101 and I just kind of go through the basics of real estate development you know one day we'll talk about zoning one day we'll talk about plans and permits one day we'll talk about access and neighborhood and government regulations in that area. We'll talk about some of the basic things that you need to learn and understand to deal with, to go through a development. And it's not super high level stuff, but it's all the basics that you really need to understand before you really get into a development. So I do that every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Clubhouse. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's a great resource for everyone to learn about development, regardless if they have a if they have a license or not. And it's not just specific to California because I'm pretty sure you have people from around the nation on that group, is that true? So yes, of course, from across the country and even outside the country, there's a lot of people who jump in. I have uh, people in Australia and people in Europe that also jump in because developing, whether you're developing here in California or you're developing 
outside of the outside of the state or outside of the country, the process is still pretty much the same. Identify a piece of land. Okay, is that land zoned? Does it have environmental issues? Is it the does the traffic and access provide a, a development opportunity there? There's a lot of things to think about. So whether it's here in the United States or outside of the country, a lot of the process and the evaluation is the same. And then once you do get a piece of land, you got to take it through that political process, meaning your plans, your permits, your applications, your approvals, your third party studies uh, and things like that. And then you go into the contractor, subcontractor portion of that as well. So it's kind of a, a very similar process, whether you do it here in the United States or you do it outside the country, the process is the same. Awesome. So you hear that everyone, well, we'll, we'll put all the links in the description box, sure. but Ahmed, I think one of the greatest things that you're probably always asked to like, who are your mentors to either in just life or real estate? I'm pretty sure you're asked that all the time, right? With someone yeah. that has had such a successful career, there's always someone <laughs> or something that actually drives you to to continue to do better or be of service to others. Who are your mentors currently? You know, I've always wanted mentors my whole life. You know, everyone says, oh, get a mentor, get a mentor. But that is actually really hard to find someone who's really going to take you under their wing and kind of do that work for you and to show you the ropes. So my mentors have been pretty much everyone I've been around. Meaning anyone you can learn from is your mentor. Anyone that can answer a question for you and show you the right process of doing something is a mentor. So um, I'm recently, the last three, four years, I've joined a uh, entrepreneurial group called, you know, the Arte Syndicate, like Bill Ryman. That's where I met Bill. And that, that's uh, Andy Frisella, uh, First Form, and uh, Ed Milet, who is a uh, who is very large in the financial services industry. And they're my mentors. And they, you know, and I resonate with them because of the way they operate their business and the way they, they interact with their clients and customers and other people as well. So you got to find a mentor that you resonate with, whether it's a book or an author or a business person that you follow on YouTube or Instagram, or you join a society or, or someone takes you under their wing. A mentor could be anyone or anything that you learn from that you can put the, the education into practice. Right, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I know that Bill actually referenced to Ed Milet a lot. So I'm pretty sure that that was like what you said, the organization that you are, is it an entrepreneurship organization that you are, that you guys are all? Mainly, yeah. They, they kind of call it ethical entrepreneurship. Okay. You know, you, you do doing things the right way, always doing things the correct way, uh, whether it hurts you or not, you always do things correctly and the right way. So that's with, you know, Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. And um, I really resonate because it's all about, you know, hey, whether you win or you lose, you're still winning. Put your head down, do the work, treat people good, uh, work hard, go the extra mile, you know, go the 1% more and then and continue and rinse and repeat and over and over. And then you'll make progress and then you'll make, then you'll have your successes and then you'll have your wins. So it's always about kind of that old school mentality of do the work, keep your head down, do it right. Be good to other people. Don't hurt other people. And you will see your wins come and they'll start stacking and stacking and stacking along the way. Got it. Well, yeah. another thing that you did tell, tell me, and I think when we talked offline, I think you, is it trademarked hashtag I build better? I build better. That's it. You build better. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Because now we're getting into the passion portion of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, my my expressions are changing now and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's... um. 
you know, it was just something that came, came to me. I'm like, okay, being in this business for so long and being around brokerage and, and selling and leasing buildings and then moving into the construction aspect of it and building high schools and colleges and universities and public buildings and stuff like that, large-scale projects. I'm, I'm talking about buildings and projects that are anywhere from $5 million to $150 million projects. I mean, we're talking big stuff. And then going and doing my own projects along the way, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people cut corners. No matter how expensive or how high end a project is, people still cut corners. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. Like, why didn't you clean this up? Or why didn't you vacuum that out? Or why did you uh, close up the wall and not remove stuff that doesn't need to be in there? You're just being lazy. You're not taking the time or the effort. Or I see architects and engineers, and no offense to anyone, but they spend most of their time on a desk and they don't get out to the job site enough to see exactly what they're designing. I'm like, hey, you guys need to make sure what you design is functional and buildable. You need to get out there and see it. So building better means taking that 1%, going the 1%, going the extra mile, whatever you may want to call it, and making sure what you design, what you build, what you give to the client, what you lease your tenant, or how you operate your business is better than everyone else because you're taking a little bit of extra effort. You take a little extra effort in designing a property that is going to be really functional for somebody to use. You go the extra effort in making sure you specify equipment to be used on a property like air conditioning or plumbing and stuff like that. That is easy and, and logically uh, and functionally easy to repair and maintain for the long term. You don't do hard stuff for people in the long term. You want to think about tomorrow. You don't think about just today. So it's about your design. It's about your construction. It's about how you build things. It's about the people you bring onto your team. Are these people going to go the extra mile, the extra 1%, take an extra five minutes to do things better than everyone else? Don't just slap it together and, and move on to the next project. I hate that. So that's what building better meant is just going the extra 1% to make it work. But then it kind of evolved there to other people that I know and other friends and other entrepreneurs. And they're like, hey, we love that building better. We want to, hey, get us a teacher. Hey, we want to you know, be a part of this. I'm like, okay. Well, it, it means that you could build better, like for a friend of mine who's in, the, who's in the health and nutrition industry, you could build better bodies. You know, for my friend who's in the financial industry, you could build better portfolios for your clients. You know, what's stopping you from building a better business, of building a better experience, building a better life, building a better friendship? What's stopping mm -hmm. you from doing that? Don't just take things for granted that things are on face value. Take that, that extra step, go that extra 1%, go that extra mile, you know, and that's what it's, um, what it's all about. So definitely, definitely it has gone from a construction real estate development theme into more of a life thing that other people want to subscribe to. No, that's amazing. Cause I was just, when you were talking about that with the whole real estate part and I was just like, yeah. hey, it's just like adding that extra 1%, even if everyone just goes 1% more and they pay attention either, like what you're saying from a real estate perspective or development perspective, they just go that little extra mile. The world becomes better, right? Yeah. Exponentially. So much. I can't tell you how many people don't. Everyone mm -hmm. talks about it, but no one does it. So if I can 
kind of almost like enforce it or require it on my jobs and my projects and my buildings and my, whether it's my architects or my contractors, or it's my management teams after the property is built, or, or if it's my brokers who are selling the property after I bought it or whatever, everyone is going to be required to go that extra 1% because I want to make sure that experience that relates to me and my business and my brand represents all this. Yeah. And so, so if I can almost require it, hopefully it becomes like muscle memory and they'll just take it on to the next project and the next job and the next client and the next customer. And hopefully it'll just, you know, as long as, as long as it impacts one person, you've done yeah. your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, absolutely. I just think that it's amazing. It's a movement that you're starting Ahmed. It's a movement and, and it started maybe, and that's what I'm saying. Movements start in like maybe certain industries or something small, but it impacts everyone if it's really practiced, yeah. you know? And so I think that's great to pursue that. And is there any, like, do you have like a website or is it, uh, or do you have an Instagram page that everyone can start? Maybe they could just hashtag it with, I build better on something guys. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working on a, you know, on a website that, you know, everyone could be a part of or subscribe to or, you know, at least a kind of a hub for people to connect or for people to interact or at least subscribe to saying, Hey, I want to, I want to build better too, you know, but that's in the works. But right now everything is pretty much through my, my Instagram, which is where I am most of the time, you know, Instagram, Facebook, but Instagram, it's a, a med builds better. So you can connect with me that way. And, and I definitely send out updates and videos and, and all sorts of things related to real estate and development and, and related industries like that on a, on a daily and weekly basis. And I have a YouTube series in the works right now about building better. And I'll be taking, taking the viewers through a complete development. I just recently. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, I just recently went under a contract on a piece of property out here in Southern California. And I'm not going to just sit there and talk to you about it in front of a camera. I'm not going to sit there and interview some guy on a chair in front of my, my pool in the backyard and talk about development. We're going to get down and dirty. We're going to walk the job site on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis. We're going to sit with the architects. We're going to get down into the uh, the trenches and, and look at the underground utilities and the, the footings and the that forms so cool. and the designs. And we're going to go with the third party reports and we're going to submit applications to the city and we're going to go to the design review boards and we're going to go to the community meetings and we're going to do all this. So it's going to be a, a, a full on start to finish A to Z development project, which would probably last somewhere approximately 18 to 24 months. So um, oh, you're not just going to get it on. I'm not going to put it up on a whiteboard, what you need to do to develop a property and just start writing things down. No, no, no. We're going to get down and dirty. We're going to get our boots dirty. We're going to be hard hats and, and our PPE on, and we're going to walk sites and go to meetings and do stuff like that. So that's what, uh, that's in the works right now. No, that's amazing. It just reminds yeah. me though, because when Bill actually takes everyone through the, the homes yes. that he builds, right. He was like laughing one time. Cause he said, this is my third take because I didn't know that I was recording. I wasn't recording the other two times. Yeah. Bill Bill is an amazing builder. He is first class, a top-notch builder. If Bill was here in California, I would love to work with him. Yeah. Love to, you, yeah. You hear that, Bill? Because, Bill, you're supposed to be watching this. I'm calling you out. Yeah. Bill is an amazing builder and an amazing yeah. human being. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was, yeah. It, I've had actually had the honor of, of 
um, interviewing him. So anyone listening want to meet Bill, I think he's season two. I've got to, I'll reference it in this description too. So okay. Ahmed also knows Bill, but that's, no, I think that's an amazing idea actually to start uh, doing development from, from A to Z. My brother is in development also. And just like mm. everything that he's had to learn and go through, like even the whole bidding process, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, yes, it will take you about probably 18 to 24 months, but that would definitely be something really different that's on youtube hopefully we'll have a few bloopers and uh, some uh, <laughs> some close calls to bring some entertainment factor to it as well you know that's so. what i was gonna say you know eight billion is so like it's like inspiration and all this kind of stuff but i yeah. think before season four so this will be season four you guys or we, we will this is season four but i think right before i release it hopefully by the time people are watching this i'll have released a blooper reel because the yeah. things that have happened is too funny but yeah, we, uh, we're, we're, we make mistakes too. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all make mistakes. So might as well share those as well. We're not perfect. No, exactly. And that's actually what people want to watch. So yeah. yeah, I've had, I've had quite a few of those in, in one year. So, uh, Ahmed, is there anything else like, you know, from a perspective of like passion and, and mm. in terms, in terms of being able to, um, give advice to the audience just in general. I mean, you've been through, you definitely have a, a decorated career in real estate yeah. development and congratulations for that. Again, Thank you. For all your hard work. But is there anything that you could leave the audience with any piece of advice just in general in life? You know, it, it comes back to building better. It really isn't harder to do a better job. It really isn't harder to to evaluate something just a little bit more. It really isn't harder to do a little bit more homework to make sure you've checked off all the boxes and, you're, and you are doing something the right way or even better than normal. So that 1%, if you could create a habit out of it and create some sort of pride behind it that, hey, I actually do 1% better than everyone else, it's gonna set you so far, so far ahead in your life, you won't even, you know, you won't even know where it takes you because it's just that 1% is like, a ripple you know you drop a rock in a in a in a lake and it just continues to ripple and ripple ripple that one percent can go on forever so you just just put it put it down write it down create a mindset around it and just do that one percent there you go audience that extra one percent really does grow exponentially right and yep. you got to put in the work it's very true you can yep. have all these dreams and all that kind of stuff if you don't take action your dreams won't manifest but Ahmed, thank you so much for taking the time to be here on the 8 Billion Podcast, for being part of season four. Um, again, if anyone would like to get a hold of you, what's the best way or what are your links again? The best way is through my, uh, through my Instagram, which is Ahmed Builds Better. Or if you want a link tree to all my websites and my social media, it is Ahmed, A-H-M-E-D. 10k.com so amed10k.com will take you everywhere or the easiest way uh, to connect with me is on instagram which is amed builds better perfect thank you so much amed and to the audience i will have that in the description box if you guys want to learn about development or if you want to join the i build better movement so again, Med, thank you so much. You will always have a platform here on the 8 billion thank if you, you ever want to share anything. And thank you to the audience for tuning in to this week's episode of the 8 billion podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If it's moved you in any way, please review and share your thoughts or text me your thoughts at 949-247-2800.